It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and anywhere you find podcasts. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Freighter to the Medical College of Wisconsin, working hard to bring you what's possible for your health. The Freighter and MCW Health Network is transforming the way care is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. The Green Bay Packers get absolutely thumped by the San Francisco 49ers, 37-8 to on Sunday night in a game that was even worse than what we saw from a lot of the Packer 49er rivalry games, even when the Packers were playing little brother to those Colin Kaepernick, Jim Harbaugh teams. This was worse than anything we saw in those games. And for the Packers to come out and look like this off a bye week, it, it says some, some dispiriting things about this coaching staff, about this group of players, about potentially about this organization because they put up just 198 yards. I get the 49ers are a good defense. They're a historically good pass defense, but they were a below-average run defense all year. This is a defense that Kyler Murray was able to have success against. And they had been giving up more points the last few weeks. Now, maybe you can say that they found some things, you know, on the whiteboard over the course of the week. They found some things that worked. Or they just outclassed the Packers. And Matt LaFleur did the right thing. He took responsibility after the game. He said, look, we got outcoached. We got outplayed. I'm disappointed in myself. And we got to be better. And everyone has to be self-critical. Everyone has to be better. Aaron Rodgers has to be better. 20 of 33, 104 yards and a score, a score that came when they were already down 23-0 at halftime. And it's not like there are a ton of obvious things. You know, I'd like to see Aaron Jones play more. Uh, I'd like to see Devontae Adams get the ball more. I'd like for Geronimo Allison to not be playing at all. 
there are a lot of different ways that they can improve marginally speaking. But this was not a game of marginal differences. Now, there were certainly some plays here and there that if they go differently, this this game has a different tenor. It's got a different tempo. That's another place that I don't understand why Green Bay has not decided to be more energetic. Play play no, no huddle. Go up tempo. That has been something that in the past Green Bay has used when the offense has stagnated. Go to that no huddle. Even in the second half, I understand Matt LaFleur saying down 23 nothing. It's really only three scores. We can keep running the ball. I understand that. I don't even think that that's a flawed approach. He felt like against L.A., they got a little out of their game plan. Let the pass rush stay in it. The premise is sound. But to, to you can run the ball and still play no huddle because Aaron Rodgers is looking at what the front's going on there. He, he is making calls on the fly, and he is able to get the Packers in the best play on the fly. Let him do that. Let him go work because Green Bay had a nice drive and then all of a sudden it's the fourth quarter. And it's like, wait, what just happened? How did how did they get there? I mean, Green Bay outsnapped San Francisco 70 to 45. They had more first downs, 19 to 16, but the key turnover early, the a play that I'm not convinced was a fumble by the way. He lost the ball initially in his right hand. It was in his left hand under, you know, crooked in his arm as he's going down, and it doesn't pop free until he's clearly down by contact. The difference between a punt there and a fumble is seven points because Green Bay's defense actually played pretty well in this game. There were some big plays, and, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo was able to hit some stuff down the field. We're going to talk about all of that. But to come out like this, I mean, that's, that is directly on Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur because you put together a game plan, you have an extra week, and you come back, and this is what you get. And, and again, I understand and want to give credit to everything the 49ers can and have done, but to be this anemic, the worst per-yard pass attempt, the worst per-pass attempt average for Aaron Rodgers in a game in his career, that is not acceptable. And now you look at two games in the last month where Green Bay, with this offense, couldn't move the ball against a defense that can rush four, drop seven, and play disciplined on the back end. Rodgers has been high variance. This offense has been high variance. And when you can do that and you can't run the ball, Green Bay was not able to run the ball in this game, something I thought they would be able to do. You know, they averaged four yards, a little over four yards an attempt, they ran for 117 yards. It's a nice little number. But they weren't able to, to sustain drives, so it didn't matter because they weren't able to convert third downs. They weren't able to get into advantageous third downs, and they weren't able to protect. They weren't able to protect. Brian Bulaga going down has, has a role to play there, but they couldn't protect even before he went down. So th- there is a, a fundamental problem here, and Matt LaFleur said, we got to look at the plan. We got to have a better plan. That's true. And it is strange as a team who was the best plan team in the league for much of the season. Awesome first drives, great in in the opening quarter and you you go where is that team? Cuz that's that's Matt LaFleur. That's his MO, that's what they were. 
And it just felt like they got away from so much of what had been working for them. We didn't see the two running back sets. We didn't see a lot of bunch formation. We didn't see a lot of Aaron Jones split out against linebackers. Now, part of that is because San Francisco has good linebackers. They play a lot of zone coverage, so you're not going to get those kinds of matchups. But it felt like Robert Sala knew what Matt LaFleur was going to do before he did it, and they just executed. Aaron Rodgers said this was a game about execution and the offense was bad. And that's true. No question, that's true. But the defense didn't execute enough either. You know, if you want to say, oh, Green Bay, you know, because they don't have enough weapons, they don't have enough guys, look at this San Francisco offense. They're not, they're not flush with playmakers. Emmanuel Sanders didn't do anything in this game. Debo Samuel made one play. George Kittle, look, he, he had a nice game. Six catches, 129 yards, and a touchdown. That's a big game for a tight end. Half of that came on one play, and it's a play that Robert Tanyan could have made. Jay Sternberger could have made. I mean, there are 20 tight ends in the league that could have made that play. Now it's set up because he's George Kittle. And because you expect him to be running a flag route, he turns it into uh, a a corner post, and all of a sudden he's running in the middle of the field. Kevin King, who was dreadful in this game, couldn't stay with him. Kevin King, who's supposed to be a 4-4 guy, chasing down a guy with a broken bone in his ankle. They, They have one guy who can create down the field. They have one guy who can create plays, and they're able to do it. And they're able to do it consistently. So... I know that Green Bay's defense isn't as good as San Francisco's, but I don't. I just don't want to hear about the exclu- the excuses. I don't want to hear the oh they don't have enough guys. How many more guys do you need? Devontae Adams is a top flight receiver. Aaron Jones is one of the best dual threat running backs in football. The Saints make it work with exactly as many playmakers on a on a do or die situation on Sunday. Drew Brees found Michael Thomas wide open down the field to get into range to make the, the game-winning field goal. They have one guy to throw the ball to as a pass catcher, a true pass catcher. I just don't want to hear the excuses. And, and what we're staring at right now is a team that is good. The Green Bay Packers are good. They're 8-3. and three. I, don't want to, I don't want to oversell this loss. I mean, they lost on the road twice to two very talented teams. They lost at home to an Eagles team that, that played really well created a couple turnovers and special teams plays and won a game. We still have not seen Green Bay play a complete game. We still have not seen the offense and defense play well at the same time. In the first half, Green Bay's defense played pretty well and the offense was terrible. In the second half, neither team, you know, neither side of the ball played particularly well, but the defense didn't come through with the play it needs. It didn't create that turnover. It was able they were able to get sacks. They pressured Jimmy G. They weren't able to get their hands on any balls. They didn't create enough tight windows. They didn't make Jimmy Garoppolo uncomfortable enough to where he was going to give the ball away. I mean, he goes 14 of 20 for 253 and two touchdowns. That is a near 13 per attempt average and a 145 passer rating. Pretty good. Pretty good. Now, not every team the Packers are going to face is Kyle Shanahan's offense, and not every team has George Kittle, and and you know, not it's certainly not every team has a defense like this. No team Green Bay is going to face the rest of the the way has a defense even close to as good as San Francisco. But to no show in a game like this against another contender, a team that is truly a contender. I don't know that Green Bay until further notice is not truly a contender, but at the same time, 
At the same time, this is the same team that was up 21-0 on the Minnesota Vikings and up 31-3 on the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Those Dallas and, and Minnesota are going to be in the playoffs. So, okay, maybe they're not as good as San Francisco. Green Bay wasn't as good as Seattle in the year that they went to the NFC Championship game in Seattle. Should have won that game. I, I hate to remind you, but should have won that game. They got destroyed in 2015 by Arizona, 38-8. to Nearly an identical score. And were an overtime coin toss away from having a chance to win that game. You give Aaron Rodgers an opportunity in the playoffs and he can beat anybody. But they have to play better. They can't play like this. And that's I mean that's obvious. I mean they can't they can't beat the Giants playing like this. But the Giants are not going to make them play like this. We have to give San Francisco a ton of credit. I came in very confident about a couple things. I came in confident that Green Bay would be able to block up this front well enough. I didn't think they would play great, but I thought they would be able to block up this front well enough to give Aaron Rodgers time to find guys because I was not sold on the secondary, and I thought they would be able to run the ball more effectively than they were able to, and I thought that would would allow them to sustain drives better than they were able to. I also didn't think Green Bay would turn the ball over like this. Now, they only did it once, but it turned right into seven points, and now you're playing right into the 49ers' hands. I also didn't think Brian Bulaga would get hurt. And so you combine all those things, and all of a sudden, it creates an advantage that it didn't look like there should have been to start. And then things snowballed for you. You you know, a J.K. Scott punt that, you know, if it's 50 yards instead of 35 yards, the 49ers cannot complete just one pass and be in field goal range. That's a three-point difference. These things add up against really good teams. And Green Bay just hasn't, they haven't been up to the task. And they, they beat Carolina, and that's great. And that was a night, nice get-off-the-schneid game for them. And, and Carolina gave New Orleans everything it could handle. Probably should have beat New Orleans in New Orleans on Sunday. Which gives you an idea of, of how high variance this league is. Green Bay could go out and beat the Giants 45-14 to 14 next week. That's just how this league works. But right now, this is a good team, not a great team. And they need to find, if they want to be in that NFC real contending tier, they're not right now. If they want to get there, they've got a lot to figure out. And it starts with Aaron Rodgers and this offense. He still is the identity of this team, and they have to get right. Now, they have two weeks against bad teams and and another game against Chicago at home. You know, Chicago is not a terrible team, but they're certainly not a good team. And then you finish, you know, at Minnesota and and with Detroit. 12-4 and four and a two-seed is still on the table here. So I don't want anyone to, to lose their minds over this. But it, it's, it's disconcerting. And if your bedroom situation is disconcerting, that's where Blue Chew can come in and save the day. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Remember, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy 
who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than going to a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code locked on. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find innovative cures for complex diseases, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. Defensively for the Packers. You know, I thought, I thought outside of one long run to Jeff Wilson, a 25-yard run, they actually played pretty well on the ground. It's still the big plays. They give up a 61-yarder to George Kittle for a touchdown, a 42-yarder for De- to Debo Samuel for a touchdown. Those are the those are the difference. Those are the plays that kill you. You know they did a good job on Emmanuel Sanders. One catch, 15 yards. Debo only caught two, but one happened to be a 42-yarder for a score. You know Tevin Coleman, who was who was the leading uh, rush getter for San Francisco. 39 yards on 11 carries. It's not, it's not great. Green Bay was able to get sacks in this game. Zadarius Smith had one and a half. Preston Smith had half a sack. Blake Martinez had a sack on a blitz. Kenny Clark played well in this game. But Kevin King, Kevin King. I mean, I, I just don't know what to do anymore with this secondary. And, and you know, I, I, I really like Mike Patton as a coach. But a lot of his game plans the last the last few weeks and, and going back really even to, to, you know, late September have just been a little baffling to me. And I, I don't I just don't understand it. I don't understand why they, they wouldn't rely more on man coverage. I understand they don't want to get beat deep. You're getting beat deep. So push the envelope a little bit because this team blows too many coverages. They're just not a disciplined defense, and that is on the coaching. That's on Mike Patton. That's on his position coaches. That's on these these cornerbacks to get it together. Because Jair Alexander, we didn't even hear his name called, and and San Francisco is not you know an offense where you say okay they're gonna you just if you just shadow this one guy, you can you can really take out everything that they do. Unless it's George Kittle, the problem is you can't really line up a corner on a tight end play to play. But to just let Kittle run free across the middle of the field in in these zone coverages when he's the only guy that can beat you, I just don't understand it. 
They don't play with discipline. They don't seem to have a good plan. They don't. They consistently blow these coverages and are out of position. They don't tackle consistently. I mean, even when you get a player like Darnell Savage, who I think is a very talented young player, it's like, why do, why do we not hear his name called? Why is, why is Jair Alexander not more involved in, in everything that's going on? And I mean that schematically, and I mean that from his standpoint. It, 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 you're, you're not giving your, your players the best chance to succeed. And it just doesn't look any different to me. They're still relying on Zadarius and Preston Smith to do everything with the pass rush. You know, they had a, a couple of nice blitz calls, and, and they were able to get some stops in this game and, and do the things that we've seen them do this year. But the big plays are still a problem. So how do we fix that? How does it happen? How do they get there? Because they brought in more players who you expect to play discipline. You expect Adrian Amos to be in the right spot at all times. They think Darnell Savage is a super smart rookie player. Last month, been tough. And Kevin King, this was supposed to be the year that he takes a leap. Physically, you know, he was he was really coming on in training camp last year and he, he starts out well and then gets hurt and then it, it, it just all sort of falls apart for him. And now it's like he can't if you can't run with tight ends, you can't play. And he plays soft. No one is at the line pressing and, and pushing the envelope. When you look at San Francisco play, they play with verve. They play with intensity. They play with confidence and they play with discipline. This team was terrible last year. They were terrible. They were awful. This was a 4-12 team. The defense was a joke. They were bad. It was Richard Sherman and the Island of Misfit Toys. DeForest Buckner was on that team. Jimmy Ward, Akella Witherspoon, these guys were on that team. And they were bad. Adding Nick Bosa helps, for sure. D4 didn't play. Quan Alexander didn't play. Some of the guys who made this team really good and, and we thought elevated their play didn't even play in this game and they dominated Green Bay. I don't know that you can look at the defense that San Francisco put on the field Sunday night and say for sure, physically, they're more gifted than the Green Bay Packers defense. I would absolutely put the combination of Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, and Kenny Clark against any combination of three pass rushers that San Francisco has. Buckner, Bosa, and Armstead. They're comparable. Richard Sherman at this point in his career, still a very good player, no question. But then the rest of that defense, Fred Warner is a nice player, young player. There's there's not a ton of talent on that defense, but they play well together. They play with their hair on fire. They play with intensity. They play with energy. Where is that from Green Bay? Why don't the Packers play that way because they did the first week of the season that's how they played is it scar tissue do they not have confidence because it seems like a team that has a ton of confidence where is the physicality we saw early in the season where is the playmaking we saw early in the season where is the aggressiveness we saw early in the season they were they were physically dominating they looked fast they looked big they looked strong Where is that team? Because we saw it. It wasn't a mirage. We saw it. It happened. We watched it happen. I didn't dream it up. Where did it go? And this feels all of a sudden 
like those late stage Dom Capers teams, those those the last few seasons of Charles Woodson where they are just begging Dom, let us play man. Let us blitz. I know we're giving up big plays, but just let's stay aggressive. Let's keep doing the things that that create big plays for our defense. And they're just not doing it. That's what this feels like to me right now. And I don't understand it. It's unacceptable. I mean, it's beyond me not understanding it. Who cares if I don't understand it? It's unacceptable. For this team to be a Super Bowl contending team, they can't do this. They can't give up these plays. They can't have these busted coverages. Good teams, contending teams, don't do it. And if you can't find a way to stop it from happening, then you got to try something else until you until you can. And if you can't find anything, then the front office and the coaching staff has to decide if the right people are in place. And that's personnel, that's coaching, that's everyone. For as awesome as Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith have been this season, and they have been awesome, and they have changed the culture and all of those awesome, important things, important, critical things, they're not playing well enough. And I'm not talking about the Smith brothers. I'm talking about everyone else. I mean, this is when Matt LaFleur saying every job is open for, for competition at all times. This is when he's got to put his money where his mouth is. This is when you have to say, okay, Oren Burks, step on up. You're going to get more snaps this week. Tony Brown, you're going to compete for Kevin King's spot. Josh Jackson, we're going to give you some snaps here because the guys that are out there are not doing a good enough job. And Mike Patton, Time to time to start going for the throat. Just just everything. I want I want a kitchen sink game. Just throw everything at Daniel Jones this week. Blitz the daylights out of that dude and make him make throws. And if he connects on a couple, good for him. What we saw and what we have seen in Green Bay now for weeks is unacceptable. And what you hope is the leaders on this team. The Zadarius Smiths and Preston Smiths of the team, Tremont Williams, are able to rally the troops and say, look, it doesn't matter what happened on Sunday. It doesn't matter what happened over the course of the season. All that matters is how we play for the next six weeks. It's how we play in December and January. So let's get our act together. Let's figure it out and let's move forward. Before we finish up, let's talk about Away Suitcases. Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on during checkout. Listening on the go, if you can't visit Away right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at lockedonpodcast.com slash offers. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed-coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power-packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. 
Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats. You can pick from main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel. That's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. One of those days when I got a lot of notes on the Locked on Packers fan hotline. Hi, Peter. In attendance tonight is King now a liability. Does the offense know you can go downfield? Rough night at Levi Stadium. Casey from Homer, Alaska. Tim from Milwaukee says 23 at the half and our 23 nothing at half. And our head coach says we need to stick to the plan. Uh, I'm sorry. What? Now it's 37 eight and the game is out of reach. The Packers are simply not championship caliber. Defense was horrible. Offense was even worse. And the game plan was subpar at best. Struggling to find any positives to take away from the game. Well, the the positives are that they're 8-3. And, and you can say it's a soft 8-3, and three, but it's not. They've played a lot of really good teams. The Packers are a battle-tested 8-3. and three. They have played a difficult schedule, and they're about to get the soft part of their schedule. They can rip off three more wins and be 11-3. and three. Anyone at the beginning of the season... If we said, hey, the Packers are going to be 8-3 and three after 11 games, how would you feel? Everyone would say, yep, sign me up. Cool, let's go. Let's do it. Especially with the schedule as tough as it was. We knew at San Francisco was going to be a tough game. We knew at LA was going to be a tough game. We knew at Chicago was going to be a tough game. We knew that at Kansas City was going to be a tough game. Green Bay happened to win two of those. And we know... At Minnesota is going to be a tough game. Even if Green Bay doesn't win that game, by the way, Minnesota has to win out for Green Bay to lose the North. So even though it is the case that Green Bay is probably not as good as San Francisco, and clearly not right now, I don't know that the gap between them and everyone else in the NFC is really that big. Because we know they can beat Dallas. We know they can beat Minnesota. And New Orleans is is not playing great right now. I mean, offensively they are, but defensively they're really not. And, you know, if that's going to be the case, if Green Bay is going to be the three seed, you know, what is San Francisco going to do? Maybe, maybe the move now is to continue to root for San Francisco. Have the 49ers be like that 15-1 and just juggernaut team because that would mean an extra loss for Seattle. It would mean an extra loss, critically, for New Orleans. And, you know, it would it would allow Green Bay to get an extra home playoff game potentially because it could it could elevate them at 12 and four. You know, if they beat the Saints, maybe the Saints, they dropped to to a four loss team that could give the Packers an opening to steal that number two seed. 
Win the games you're supposed to win right now, and Green Bay's 12-4, and four, and no worse than a three seed. They basically cannot drop to that four line if they win the NFC North. If they win the non-Vikings games, guaranteed 12 wins, and no worse than the three seed. Because they're not the, the NFC East, no one in the NFC East is getting to 12 wins. It's, it is mathematically impossible unless they add games to the schedule. So Green Bay is still in a good position to be a two or a three seed and have a home playoff game. And that matters. That has value. It has value for this team. It has value for this coaching staff because all of this is a learning experience. So you hope that Green Bay can learn from this. They can move forward. They can beat the daylights out of the Giants to make everyone feel better and go from there. Because it's going to be a tough week. Now it's Thanksgiving. That's great. And so I hope everyone gets a chance to enjoy it. Remember, limited schedule this week. So we're going to be here Tuesday, Wednesday. No show on Thanksgiving. And we will still have a Friday afternoon show to get everyone through the holidays. Because, you know, it can it can be stressful. But it should be a fun week, hopefully, for you going home or staying home. Uh, seeing family, enjoying the food and, and all the stuff that, that comes with Thanksgiving and doing the thing that, that the holiday is about, giving thanks for the things that we have and not focusing on the things that we don't. And right now, the things that we don't have are uh, a 9-2 and two Packers team. Instead, it's an 8-3 and three Packers team, but that is still something that I think Packer fans should be thankful for because that's still a good team. Still a good team. We're going to be back tomorrow. Uh, I don't know that we're going to do Expert Tuesday necessarily, uh, modified week, so I'm, I want to get a lot of Giants talking here, so maybe a Giants, we're, we'll certainly have our crossover Wednesday, but I'm trying to get some things scheduled here, so maybe we can get an extra Giants guest this week, just to just to maybe take some focus off what the Packers are doing and talk about um, the dysfunctional Giants. Maybe that'll make Packer fans feel better. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, and anytime you want to hit us up. On the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers.